It is me. Undisputed heavyweight title fight. Then it got canceled. Now we're getting Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury 3 for the WBC heavyweight title on July 24th in Las Vegas. Now Anthony Joshua is likely to face Alexander Usyk for the IBF, WBA, WBO heavyweight titles either August 21st or August 28th. Likely to be August 20th because on a fr- late Friday, Manny Pacquiao decides, hey, I'm coming back. I'm facing Errol Spence August 21st for the WBC and IBF welterweight titles. And then the week ends on a good note. Josh Taylor becomes the undisputed junior welterweight champion, sending Jose Ramirez to the canvas twice en route to a unanimous decision victory to become the IBF, the WBA, the WBC, and the WBO 140-pound champion. Big congrats to Josh Taylor. He looked fantastic. It's a great week for us at the zone. We get to see stuff like that. You know it's not us. It's still great to see because it helps out boxing, which in turn around helps us at the zone. But a great week was had. A great week of features. I promise at the end of last week after, and you guys are kicking ass, by the way. A lot of great feedback from that interview with Cody Garbrandt. We start today, start the week, like I said, with my man, good old JR, the one and only Jim Ross. A lot of talk about with JR, but we'll get into that in a minute. But everyone that's listening, listening everywhere. I'm going to India, Italy, Vietnam. I call it Vietnam. Vietnam. My my good friends in Vietnam who have made us one of the top podcast sports podcasts in Vietnam. That's pretty cool. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. But no, we're we're making waves around the world, and that to me is pretty cool, pretty badass. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. But getting asked about Daryl, and we're going to see Daryl. We're going to see Daryl very soon. And it's just been a lot going on personally. So I'm, it's been hard to really lock down, like, to navigate, like, two hours out of my time to knock one of those out. So, But I promise soon, I'm hoping this week. It's a, pretty, it's a nice laid-back week. We only have one big event this week. That's on Saturday. Devin Haney returns to defend the WBC lightweight title against former three-division champion Jorge Linares and from the Mandalay Bay, now called the Michelob Ultra Arena in Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. You can catch that exclusively on DAZN. But that's it this week. It's beautiful. Memorial Day weekend, so it should be nice. and A nice, easy week, and then the chaos returns next week. Big UFC show. Sarzino, Darzino Rosenstrike against Augusto Sake. Very good heavyweight bout. And then the exhibition on the following day on Sunday in Miami. Floyd Mayweather returns against Logan Paul. Can't even believe I'm saying that, but it is what it is. But a big week for the podcast. We start with good old JR today. The host, not even say, the host of Grilling JR. Studio sessions for adfreeshows.com. What else we got? And the leading voice of AEW, All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, which you can catch every, 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 every Wednesday on TNT. Except for this week. It's going to be on Friday. So that'll be some fun. Some Friday Friday Night Wrestling. Smackdown and then AEW. That's pretty badass. That's kind of cool. So I'm looking forward to that. It's a good week ahead, but we will talk to good old JR today. We talk a lot. Hit a little article up last week with JR that did pretty good. We, But in this podcast, we talk about everything. We talk about AEW returning to the road, which I, and that's huge. Very in-depth about 
the reasoning of bringing back his old radio show took the audio from his old radio show in the early 90s when he was with WCW in the early part of WWE when he hosted a radio show out of Atlanta and bringing those back to life. So the, the whole process behind that is pretty badass. So I thought that was pretty cool. So we, I talked to Jim about that. The pillars of AEW. And I, I think I thought that response was fascinating, especially when it came to who he feels has it, who can be the guy in AEW. It was a response I wasn't expecting. So I thought that was pretty cool. We talk about, AEW working with New Japan, working with Impact, the possibility of working with other promotions. I thought Jim gives some very candid thoughts on that because he was at a place before where that was really discouraged. So we we talk about that and a whole lot more. Just a really good chat with Jim. I hadn't talked to Jim in about two years. So it was good to reconnect, talk about life, and we talked some Sooners. We talked some Oklahoma State. We talked some University of Texas. <laughs> we got in some college conversations. So just an all-around, always good to catch up with Jim Rosso. But don't forget, rate, review, download, and subscribe. I promise you guys will enjoy it. We've got tons of podcasts. If you look at just what, you know, last week, the, good, the great podcast, the Cody Garbrandt, that's doing great. We got Paul Heyman. We got Cesaro. We got Drew McIntyre. My God, I can. We got John Moxley, the Young Bucks, Carrying Cross. We can. We can really Bailey. We can keep going. We got another one tomorrow, which I think is fantastic. We got one tomorrow. We got one Wednesday. We got one Thursday. We got one Friday. So it's gonna the whole week. It's gonna be a whole week of podcasts. So it's going to be pretty cool. And then next week we'll have a couple more as well. So it will be a ton of fun. But don't forget, rate, review, download, subscribe on every podcasting platform. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, you name it, we're there. Enough of me. Let's get to the Manny, the hour, the legendary, the greatest pro wrestling broadcaster of all time. He is... The leading voice of AEW and also the host of Grilling JR, the best barbecue sauce in all the land. I'm proud to call him a, a colleague and a friend, the one and only good old JR, Jim Rouse. Steven Milhausen here from DAZN, and the man, this man really doesn't need an introduction. You know, we can just stop the interview now. One, He is the voice of professional wrestling. You see behind him, JR Grilling, you can find on adfreeshows.com and a new podcast that Jim's, Jim's reviving something, which I think is pretty awesome and why we're here today, Studio Sessions, the one and only Jim Ross. And Jim, I got to ask you, I asked Tony Khan this a couple weeks ago. How do you find time to do all this stuff? <laughs> well, you know, the old saying is, Stephen, is that uh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I kind of have that attitude. Even at this stage, I'm 69 years old. Uh, I'm uh, having more as much fun as I've ever had in wrestling. So I love what I do. So it's not a it's not a drudgery uh, to 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 embrace that. I look forward to getting up. I look forward to staying busy and and being productive. And uh, you know, when you get to this age, with all the sometimes the the negativity on social media, uh, you sometimes you begin to doubt yourself. Yeah. So to me, uh, you know, after enduring three bouts of Bell's palsy and the fact that, you know, I don't smile, not, not on purpose. Yeah. Uh, I'm always in a, I got to prove myself again, mode, uh, so it'll be that way Wednesday night. You know, I'm going to go out there like it'll be my last show. I want to work my tail off to make it good, but I, I enjoy what I do and I've got a good, you know, I'm surrounded by good people. You got to do that. You got to have a good staff around you and a good, uh, assets and resources. And we have that, uh, here, my, my, uh, podcast family with Conrad Thompson, he's got a huge staff. It's grown amazingly. So Connie's, uh, uh his people are, are always at my beck and call. That sounds egocentric. I don't mean <laughs> it that way, but you know, they're there to help. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, and then Tony's group, you know, Tony just, Tony lets me a role and, uh, I rarely hear from him during a broadcast occasionally. Yeah, but generally not much. So he lets us work on our instincts and we know the direction we're traveling. We all know we're trying to get to the same destination, but he gives us a creative freedom to make that journey. And, 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 you know, while we're driving, while we're sitting behind the wheel, we're not in the back seat following along with somebody else. So, uh, but I just love what I do, Steve, and I, I enjoy it. And, and, and until the day gets old and I, I, I have trouble getting out of bed. I don't want to go to work. Uh, I don't see that day anywhere in sight, but that's what I'm going to do. Cause I had that conversation. I talked to John Anik, the voice of the UFC. And I know you, you know who John is. John does yeah, a fantastic sure. job for the ultimate fighting championship. And he said the same thing to me. He goes, cause I had posed him a question like that. And he's like, when there is a day when I wake up and I put both feet on the ground in the morning and I don't feel like going to, going to watch a fight or going to study a fight and take notes on my note cards. That's when I know I'm going to make that call and I'm going to tell them that I'm done. Yeah. So I, I can see where you're coming from there. Yeah, it's just, I think all of us are, uh, there's several boxes that, that the John Annex of the world and myself and anybody else that does broadcasting, uh, you know, there's certain boxes you got to check. And, uh, one of them is your confidence. Uh, you, you can't, you, you've always got to prepare. You're never good enough to not prepare. Yeah. Uh, at least I'm not. And I'm sure John Annick would say the same thing to you. He's got to know more about the fighters than anybody else. So he can convey that to. Uh, his audience, you know, it's a star driven, a star driven business. And the more you can humanize these stars and give fans, an, uh, something to relate to, uh, I think is, uh, is, is the money. So, and that's what we try to do in AEW. You know, we're, yeah, we got a lot of, we got a lot of diverse personalities, man. And, and youth and these kids are in from the Indies. They've never been in this world, this size. That's why I think that's going back on the road in July is going to be great for everybody. It's a win-win for everybody. The fans get to see us, uh, the, the talents get to work in front of a different live audience and, and Lord knows that's what they need. They need reps. They need practice as, as uh, Alan Iverson would say at one point in time years ago, they need practice and we all do. Yeah. Nobody's good enough to just rest on their laurels. If you do, you'll be resting alone. No, you hit that right on the head. And I did get that press release yesterday from the AEW PR team about guys are going back, AEW going back on the road starting July 7th, a shot in Miami, and then the 14th and the 21st, you guys will be in the state of Texas. And for you as a broadcaster, Jim, does, you know, you've been really, you guys have been having fans now for a little while, but it hasn't been like that four, five, six, seven thousand 7,000 people arenas that you guys have been in. How's it going to feel for you on a broadcasting level to have that roaring crowd back come the beginning of July? Steven, there's nothing like it. I can't give you another, uh, aspect of what I do. That's more important. The enthusiasm that we garner from the, uh, live audience and the ability that they let us ride with their adrenaline to enhance our own is, uh, priceless, quite frankly. And so for me, it, it's an, it's an ad, additional motivator. And I think for our young talents, uh, even the uh, veteran talents like a Jericho or Dustin Rhodes, or some of those guys have been around a while, uh, it, it motivates them too. It never gets old. You know, I, I, I years ago when I signed Dwayne Johnson and we have always remained in touch and so forth, but he'll tell you that nothing replicates his feeling when performing before a live audience, he's on a sound stage. He's in a take, redo, you know, yeah. try another one. There's no trying another one here. You got no net and here you go. So I think that uh, for our talents to experience that and feed off that, it's going to raise their performance level. You know, the match last week, everyone's talking still about blood and guts and success of the event. 1.2 million viewers number one in 18 to 49, which is mind boggling. It's fantastic. And when you're beating other stuff like the NBA and major league baseball, that's a tip of the cap to AEW and hard, hard you guys are working in. 
You've never called a man. You've called hell in the cells and steel cage matches and things of that nature, Jim. Right. But, but how was this match compared to uh, what we've seen in hell in the cells and your basic steel cage? match? Well, they're my boys. You know, there's, there are 10 guys in there that I've grown close to. Uh, you know, I, I always approached my role and as head of talent relations, like a player personnel guy or a coach. Uh, and I think that's why we had such great success. You know, Vince allowed me to hire a lot of talent. He allowed me to hire talents. He didn't even know I'd never seen before. You know, he didn't know who John Cena was. He didn't know who Brock Lesnar was or, or Shelton Benjamin for sure. Cause Shelton was playing second fiddle to Brock at Minnesota at wrestling. But that one class we had, we had Cena and Brock and, uh, Batista and Randy Orton and Shelton Benjamin. That's a pretty good class. That's a bunch of five-star guys. Yeah. So, uh. I get close to them and I'm there. And now, because I'm the oldest guy on the, at, at TV, I, I think, uh, certainly nobody wrestling at my age. Thank God. Uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be something we should wrestle like, like play a wheelchair basketball. That's what that'd be like. I don't know. It'd be very, very good for some of us, but anyway, uh, I was pulling for them. I knew what that match meant to those men involved. And I knew what, uh, uh, they expected of themselves and how they'd already perceived that, that opportunity to go out there and steal the show and deliver, take us home. You're the main event segments. You're, you're take your, you got the whole hour, the second hour of that show was all blood and guts. So, uh, I was, I was very proud of them. You know, I I've heard, you know, you hear this stuff all the time. It's like the that barbed wire match, the flaming barbed wire thing, you know, where the, we had a pyro malfunction yeah. going off the air, which is, they practiced it all day. It's just something malfunctioned in the, in the pyrotechnical aspect of it. That's way above my pay grade, but it was disappointing. Yeah. Uh, but this one, you know, you see little things, that's just the nature of social media. Uh, you know, Steven, it's just some people just go out of their way to try to either get noticed or they're insecure. I'm not real sure, but they seem obsessed in pointing out what they perceive to be a, a negative. And I'm the kind of guy that look, if you gave me your opinion on a match, your opinion is just as good as mine. Yeah. I may not agree with you. That's irrelevant. You, but your ability to express your opinion is, is, uh, important to me because if we start lecture or censoring the individual's opinion in our country. What the hell are we going to become? You got to have free speech. You know, we both make a living doing this stuff. We talk. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm blessed and I'm sure you feel the same way about your career. We're blessed. We're doing something we like to do. So I'm, uh, I was feeling very anxious about that match because it's a, it's a, it's an iffy trans transition. I said this on commentary sometimes about you don't win against an inanimate object. And that's kind of what they were, those cats are working with in those two cages. And, and you don't learn that in wrestling school. You don't learn that on the, in the territories. Yeah. Uh, you just, you just gotta adapt and make it work for you. So I was very elated. I was disappointed that some fans started criticizing uh, camera angles and, no. and I didn't know they had that much background as a director or, you know, it's like, Hey, if Steven Spielberg tweets me that this camera angle is wrong. I'd give that more credence. than I would somebody that's got 30 followers. That is correct. <laughs> so, you know, but it's just, that's the world. That's the world we live in. Oh God. Yeah. I, I believe that. I believe that some of the issues about getting vaccinated. And by the way, I've had both vaccine vac vaccines, I have both shots. Me too, Jim. I believe in science, but I do believe that there are a lot of people out there that are anti-vaccine because they perceive it as being an agenda that president Biden is endorsing. And it wasn't such a high priority seemingly, uh, for president Trump. So it's, it's become a political issue, which to me is embarrassing. You're talking about health <laughs> and I, I had not one, nothing, no side effects. Hell, my arm didn't get sore. Oh, two, two shots. I was good, man. Oh, Jim, I'm so jealous of that. That second shot. I was <laughs> I picked my butt that second and I had a ton of interviews. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. how am I going I to get lucky. through this thing? Yeah, I was lucky, but point being is that there's 
sometimes we have agendas that don't need to be amortized that don't need to be underscored. You know what I'm, what I'm saying, Stephen? Yeah. Just don't need that. And I think that's uh, the vaccines are kind of, kind of like that. I don't know how the hell I got on this topic, but bottom line is it's just agendas in general. Why do we have to have so many agendas, uh, that, that are deeply rooted in negativity. And I think that's a, that's a, that's an American way right now, maybe a global way. Hell, I don't know, but bottom line is I think it's unnecessary. I think it's still go back to what you said a little bit in the beginning of the answer was about just social media. Everyone wants to be, regardless of if you have one follower, or like, well, like yourself, Jim, over a million followers, everyone has a voice, everyone has an opinion. And right. it seems like that's the good and bad of social media in this day of age. Well, yeah, you know, you go on social media and uh, I, there's something negative to be written about either my work or AEW in general or pro wrestling in general. And they, they got to make sure they tag you in so that you see it. Of course. So you're not following them. So they need to be noticed. And so you can always get the tip off the, I guess I watched too much, uh, Chicago PD or crime scene, uh, or where SVU. Yeah. Uh, I've become a detective in my, my mind, I guess, inadvertently. <laughs> That's a comedy. That could be a good comedy, but as a matter of fact, but, uh, I, I just think that, uh, we need to reprioritize what we spend our thoughtful moments on yeah, and do better things for everybody around us. Try to improve everybody that you can quality of life. And that starts with ourselves. So, uh, I don't get too wrapped up in it. You know, I, I get pissed off sometimes, uh, when I read something I know is just absolutely, a a, a, a cry for notice me, notice me here. I am. Oh, yeah. here I am. So anyway, I, I'm just, uh, I'm glad I'm in an environment, Stephen, that we, we could, we have a lot of positive things to focus on now, especially uh, with Tony Khan's company, AEW. Oh, and I want to talk about that. Cause there's a, I think I love this dynamite coming up and not getting, not getting a lot of attention, not getting a lot of pub, but you got Miro Darby Allen, who's been amazing for you guys yeah. in the last like six to eight weeks. Yeah. You got the Bucks and SCU for the tag titles, Orange Cassidy and Pac. So it's like hell of a card. Not Moxley and Nagata. You got a new Japan title getting defended on AEW, which is still I'm kind of scratching my head and thinking that that is awesome. I have to ask you this because you, when you were with WWE, the head of talent relations, you had that partnership for a, for a minute with ECW. And what do you make of the AEW partnerships with Impact? And it seems like right now in New Japan. Well, I think that uh, as it relates to Impact. Uh, that's, that's done just through the cooperative efforts and nature of, uh, Tony Khan, uh, obviously, you know, Don Callis, uh, is a part of the management team at, uh, impact. He's managing on camera manager, Tony of, uh, excuse me, of, uh, uh, Kenny Omega. So that helped there, but I, I think, and I'm going to sound bad saying this, I'm sure. I think that this relationship has helped impact more than it's helped AEW but I don't know that we're measuring. I don't know that we're, we're judging quite frankly, if it helps the wrestling business and it makes it more fan friendly, then we all win. Exactly. So, uh, so that Tony's Tony Khan's, uh, philosophy is to do business with everybody that we want to, that can help our brand. And I think that's kind of the concept and I don't think it's going to end with impact. Uh, I'd love to see us do more with new Japan. You know, I, I have my little run there couple of three years doing, uh, new Japan voiceovers with Josh Barnett there in, uh, in LA at access TV back in the day. And I developed a friendship with all those guys, just yeah. like I've done with this roster and I'm, I'm pulling for them and I know how talented a lot of those dudes are and how they could, you know, I would like to see a pay-per-view with Okada challenging Kenny Omega, the AEW title. Why not? That's, that's yeah. the easy layup booking, yeah. but there's a history there. There's a backstory. You could lead into this thing for weeks and weeks until the final, the, the day came for the big event. And so, uh, things like that, it, it, uh, excite me, but they got a lot of great talent over there that uh, could match up with some of our guys, you know, uh, some of their, some of their guys and Darby would be great. Uh, you know, Jericho had his run there with, with had, you know, he drew money, he sold tickets. 
Yep. So I think there's a possibility that could happen down the road. I'm not in that circle. I'm not leaking any information that, uh, I shouldn't be talking about out of school, but I just think it makes too much common sense that once these COVID issues have been better addressed globally, yep. I think that could happen. It may not be this year, but I think somewhere down the road, but we're not going away. They're not going away. So when the time is right, you never know. And I think it'd be fun as hell for the fans. Yeah. Japan's having a rough time right now. It was, I was just listening to some stuff today and they're getting, they're getting killed over there, unfortunately. And yeah. it seems like, I guess they don't believe very much in getting vaccinated was some oh. stuff I've been reading. So I'm like, maybe the Olympics aren't going to happen again. So it's like, it's very touchy right now in Japan, but one of the, the main reason we were here today was studio sessions with Jim Ross and for people that don't know Jim, I know what it is because me and you have talked in the past about this a little bit. Explain to everyone why you're bringing back studio sessions with Jim Ross. Well, the thing about it, Stephen, is that uh, I was doing Atlanta Falcon football for WSB in addition to doing the wrestling on TBS. And uh, I got to develop a nice relationship with decision makers at the radio station. They were fans of my work on wrestling and, and, uh, and we became buddies. Uh, we communicated. So I said, hey, I got an idea for you. What do you air Sunday nights at nine o'clock? You know, nothing to speak of. It was like a public service hour or, okay. or something, this hodgepodge. And it, it followed during football season. It followed the Georgia football coaches show. So oh, that was on at eight o'clock. So at nine o'clock, they pretty well shut their doors. Well, you already had a producer there, a board op, and I didn't need a producer to tell me what to say or whatever that little screens there tell you who was on the line, take the call you want so forth. And I could I get, I had access to all these guests. So for the longest time, it was guests that I got from WCW. Okay. And then when I started my transition in uh, 93 from WCW to go to work for WWE before WrestleMania nine, uh, I started having guests on there. I had Vincent McMahon on and Bobby Heenan and Randy Savage and on and on and on. And that was thanks to Vince. He, he got him on there and we promoted TVs and pay-per-views and so forth, but it worked out real well. But here's the deal, Steven, those shows only aired once. They never went into rerun. Uh, so they were heard once. Okay. If you missed it, you, you snooze, you lose. I got you. There was yeah. no, there was no internet to speak of. There was no, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, streaming streaming. Yeah. Show you how good I, what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing right now, Jim. Yeah. So, uh, I, uh, I thought, well, you know, these are really diamonds. These are, these are lost gems yeah. that we should be able to rediscover. So my friend, Dennis Brent, who I worked with in Atlanta and in uh, WWE in Connecticut, he and his wife, Lynn, she was one of my top assistants for to both companies, uh, has her doctorate. And I always felt kind of undermanned because she was really smart. <laughs> and, uh, but Dennis recorded all those shows, every episode. So I told Conrad and I said, you know, we should talk to Dennis about this, but Dennis has been battling multiple sclerosis Oh no! and his health is, uh, sketchy okay. battling that damn thing. So he finally got the, the energy and felt like finding these tapes. So Conrad made the deal. We got access to the tapes. They've done whatever they have to do technically to make them sound better, but it wasn't like I did them on a, you know, on a, on a makeshift audio system. They were done at the radio station. So it's pretty good clarity. Cool. Uh, and, uh, so I thought, well, with knowing how the ad free network has been, uh, constructed with all these new features and, you know, you got all these different guys uh, have their podcast. You know, Jeff Jarrett's podcast just added, uh, Kurt angles, got a podcast, uh, it's fairly new yeah. and you got Arn and Bruce Pritchard, Arn Anderson, of course, Tony Schiavone, uh, am I leaving anybody out? I hope I'm not. I don't think you are. Jim. <laughs> and, my, and, and my show drops on Thursday. So I'm thinking we were always looking for new content for the ad free side of this equation. So we worked out our deal and uh, about a week ago, we dropped our first show. It's getting very positive uh, feedback. We haven't had a big 
massive, uh, media rollout. But I think if you're a wrestling fan of that era or a fan in general, like yourself, you know, I don't know how old you were in 1991. I suspect you weren't that old. Jim, I just turned 40 at the beginning of March. So I would have been 10 years old. In there you go. Yeah, there you go. But you're, you still have an interest in the history of the business. Yeah. And these shows are an hour long, Stephen. They're not like you got to listen to a three hour podcast. They're an hour and they got all these guys. It's their original voices. Uh, it's, uh, it, they're all in character. They didn't all want to be, but they, you can, you can tell sometimes, uh, you know, what was, uh, what, what was on their mind. You could read between the lines in other words. Yeah. So I just think it's a, a great find for us and it's a quick listen. And some of these guys will, you know, we, they're not with us anymore. Yeah. I'd like to be able to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to have Bobby Heener on the podcast next week. Can't do it. Bobby's no longer with us. So I think for fans of those guys in various eras, uh, you're going to love the heck out of it. Have you listened since they've been, it's been, they've been all, everything's been polished and fixed up and everything. Have you listened to any of those old interviews at all, Jim? I've listened to some clips. Yes. And it's just, uh, nostalgic as heck, you know, I, it's almost like you could shut your eyes. And remember, I remember, I re remember this interview. I remember this. And again, uh, when Vince saw that he had this radio station that, that, uh, had 50,000 watts clear channel that it, it legitimately aired in 37 States, he says, that's another marketing tool. Exactly. And I can, I can use this marketing tool to promote pay-per-views or, or whatever. And, uh, I think that's where we made the announcement of me going from Atlanta to, uh, 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 Stanford. I know it pissed a bunch of people off in Atlanta, but it was their decision to remove me from the air. Cause I sounded too Southern. I surrounded to, I was too Southern on the station that made us living on Andy Griffith reruns and Atlanta Braves baseball. But I I sounded too, too Southern. So, uh, I said, I don't know why you guys are angry. You made the call and I had them by the short hairs because they had an ironclad contract that they wrote. And I signed this yeah. specifically specified my job, my job description. It was the lead voice and all the pay-per-views WCW Saturday night, et cetera, the class of champions, all those things. So they had me locked into all these jobs. And so they reassigned me. They violated their own contract. Oops. Yeah. And they said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I said, what, what are my options? Well, you can, you can sit home, make a lot of money for three years. That was, that sounded good for about a half an hour. <laughs> about say. one half hour of celebration. <laughs> I could do this every day, but I, I just wasn't ready to, to, to check it in. And so, uh, and I, I thought that, you know, I was told that, well, uh, one of their bosses said, well, I'll get you back on the air. And I said, well, Eric doesn't want me on the air. And it's funny too, you know, but you'd think it'd be a tremendous amount of animosity between Bischoff and myself. There isn't, he was doing what he thought was right. Yeah. And I, when I was running my department in, in, in WC, WWE, I did what I thought was right. So did Eric and our friends now we're both, we're teammates on the ad free network. You know, he does a hell of a job with 83 weeks. I wish they come up with a better name. <laughs> my my I ego told, gets. I told him that, like, what do you do? I talked to him about three weeks ago, and I'm like, "What happens when you stop talking about what's going on in 83 weeks? You got to change the name at that point." And yeah, he, he didn't agree. He's very good. He's got a good show, and so, but all these shows that Conrad's producing are, they're they're, they're really good, man. How does he? How did I've asked him this? I'll ask you this because you're just as busy as he is, Jim. How does he, how do you think he manages all that time? Cause you gotta figure he's got the mortgage business and he's got, and he's got all you guys and all the podcasts. Well, he's a multitasker. No doubt about it. He's a good time manager. He called me yesterday morning early. He said, I was going to record Arn this morning, but he's got something's come up and I got this time blocked off. You want to do a show? I said, sure. So, uh, this show is, I got a little office a recruit re recording area set up in my guest bedroom. I'm in right now I'm in Jacksonville beach where I have a home, a condo uh, on the beach. 
I decided, so I said, are you living on the beach or near the beach? I said, no, man, I'm living on the beach. I figured <laughs> if I'm going to spend the, if I'm going to spend the money and have a second home, it's going to be on the beach. So oh. I got my little guest bedroom here, which is normally empty. Uh, I have set up a little recording area and, and, uh, actually Conrad set it up for me. Hey, Shivani, Shivani did a lot of the grunt work, uh, <laughs> honestly, cause he's smart in that area and Conrad bought all the equipment. And so here we are. So, uh, but I don't know how Conrad does it. I, I, I worry about him sometimes. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. He works his ass off. And if you notice, he's not, he's a large man. Yeah. And you know, you wonder, and I just make, that's like the pot called the kettle black. Uh, I push it. I burn the ends, both the candle burn the ends, both ends too, but that's just to Conrad. He loves to work. And he said, it was same deal. We talked about earlier, uh, uh, Steven, that if it's, if you love doing it, it ain't work. It's no, not at all. It's what you love doing. And it's like fun. So I'm very blessed. We have a great friendship and a good, uh, we'll always disagree on who's the best football team. He's an Alabama guy and I'm an Oklahoma guy. And I know they won a lot of national titles. And so have we, and the last time we played them, we beat their ass in the sugar bowl. You sure did. <laughs> and I was, and I was there. So, uh, he didn't want to hear that. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. <laughs> so, but anyway, I, I surrounded myself with good people. That's one of the secrets of longevity and success and happiness. Surround yourself with good people. And I've certainly done that with AEW and, uh, obviously with, uh, with, with, with Conrad's group, uh, he's hired some really smart, motivated wrestling fans to make his business, his infrastructure work more smoothly. And it's really been a blessing. How much longer do you want to do everything? Like you said, you know, you're 69. Like you said, the fire well, still burns every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But do you have like that in your mind at all? Like, oh, yeah. I did all at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I do. You have to. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, good old John Wayne where I could take an arrow and then bite a stick and pull it out of my own arm or something. Uh, you know, we all got to. We all got a, we all got a, a, a shelf life. I, I would like, I started my, I think my third year of, with AEW started recently. Yeah. I don't really pay a lot of attention to that but recently. Well, you know, it is what it is. You're having fun. You're not thinking about it. No, no, I don't. I'm not, and, and I hope, I hope that I, if, in a perfect world, what I would like to do was stay, I would like to stay working for Tony Khan and AEW and take it a year at a time. This last cut, the, the contract I came in here with was three years. Yeah. And, uh, cause that's what he wanted. He wants the stability. It made, it made time Warner happy cause they have used to my work on their, on their, in their company for many years and, and the WC WWE stuff as well. So I'd like to, in a perfect world, uh, Steven, I would say, I'll do this year and then let's evaluate and see where we are health wise, motivational wise. And then if I come back, I'd like to come back for a year at a time. That way it doesn't put Tony in any unnecessary, uh, stress because by the time my contract ends, I'll be 70. So somebody's going to, some, some young dude like you, that's 40 going to say, Jesus Christ, he's an old dude, man. How much longer you want to work? but I'm having fun doing this. You know, I'm not going to work every day. <laughs> we do four shows a month. Yeah. So I'm required to be somewhere four times a month. It's not bad. I'm not complaining. And you know, it's just a matter of getting back in that travel groove. I'm a good packer. <laughs> I, I, I have this saying that I don't have any room in my carry on for negativity. No. So I'm a good packer. As long as I got that CPAP machine in there and a clean pair of underwear too, I'm good. Uh, and I got my hat, so we're good. Uh, but I think a year at, at this stage of my life to be realistic and not be egocentric a year at a time, sorry, smart money for me. No, one's tired of you, by the way, Jim, I've been listening <laughs> to you since I was, when you were in the w, in the WCW days, right. When Turner bought the NWA. So you've been, you've been a part of my life for over 30 years and my wife Thank doesn't you. watch a lot of wrestling. Even though I cover MMA, wrestling, and boxing for a living, Dynamite's on every Wednesday, and she's, she's like, 
Jared sounds pretty good this week. And I'm like, well, <laughs> like, well, you were not home last week. So of course Jr. sounds pretty good, but no, you resonate still with everyone. And Thank I want to end with this because I know where you got to get going. And, you know, there's been a lot of talents this year that have really shined for AEW. Is no. there one or two in your mind that have like really, really stuck out to you and you're like, man, I didn't see this coming six months ago. I love all of our homegrown talent. Uh, certainly not saying that I've not, I don't have the same level of, of appreciation to the vets, the Dustin Rhodes and the, and the, and the Chris Jericho's, you know, John Moxie's in that middle area. He's still a young guy, but he's a veteran been wrestling a long time and he's damn sure good, but I like what we've done with our homegrown kids. Uh, and there's, you know, Ricky Santana, Ricky, uh, uh, I started to say Ricky Santana. I'm dating myself. Uh, uh, all those guys, those young guys, uh, jungle boy, Jack Perry, Darby Allen, of course, MJF, maybe at the top of the list, uh, Sammy Guevara, it's going to be a big star. Uh, I love Santana and Ortiz. Uh, uh, I I'm a, I'm a mark for Jake Hager. And, uh, you know, he's one of my boys from Oklahoma. So, uh, but there's a lot of those guys. Wardlow is going to be a huge star. Trust me Yeah. on this. I, and here's the thing. He's the kind of guy that McMahon would covet. He's the kind of guy that, that, uh, McMahon would do whatever he could to change Wardlow's mind about his place of employment. But I love this kid, big, pleasant, polite, intelligent. Uh, never had any issues with any of those guys in the locker room. You know, Sandy can be a wild child, but you know, it's like uh, Bill Watts said one time to me, the, the old mentor, you gotta let these horses run. They're wild horses. Jr. That's what they are. And you gotta let them have their head and go, go out there and do it. And, uh, and then hope you just keep them within the, the, between the lines, so to speak. <laughs> right. And back in those days, it meant out of jail. We don't have that, not that big an issue nowadays, but all those homegrown kids, Steven, I'm really pulling for because they have their entire career ahead of them. And I know how I was at their age because I was in the wrestling business at their age. Yeah. I know how I was then about, uh, what it meant to me, how lucky and how honored I was to be in this crazy damn business, but boy, they, uh, they're just, we got some good young ones that I think are going to be longtime players. And, uh, but all those guys I mentioned, you know, Sammy and those cats I mentioned earlier, MJF's a prodigy. He's special. Uh, he's a lot like uh, a young, and I worked with him, a young Paul Heyman. Hmm. He has a great gift of the English language. He has a heels mindset, a very clever, very creative. Uh, and, uh, I think he's, he's, he's as good a talker as there is in pro wrestling right now. In my, in my, from my ears and, and MJF, uh, Darby Allen is a ratings machine. Every time we put Darby in a, a segment, the ratings either grow or, or a whole steady. We don't ever see a loss of tune out factor with Darby Allen. And I love Darby. I love his Darby doesn't realize his size. He doesn't realize that he's under 200 pounds. Yeah. He doesn't care. Not and he doesn't let it, he doesn't let himself get labeled in that, in that box either. Steven, he's. He's comfortable with who he is. He's got a unique style. You know, that's like, uh, orange Cassidy is young is a little older than those two, those guys I'm talking about in her twenties, but his style, you know, when like we, I first saw him work, I said, what have we done? What happened? Why did we hire this guy? But I didn't understand his gimmick. I didn't understand his persona. Yeah. And I realized, okay, hold the fort here, Jr. This kid is, uh. You need to give some time, be patient for once in your life, <laughs> you know? So that's what I did. And, and now I'm a big fan of his work. Cause he's, he's different, Steven. He's different. He's he's there's nobody. He hasn't copied his game from anybody that I can recall. And I've seen a lot of guys and since my debut in 1974, he's just different. And he's a quality guy, educated, smart. Uh, and we don't have these, a lot of these issues for guys showing up abrasively late or being malcontents. Uh, we just, we got enough locker room leaders that 
don't want to tolerate it. They live that life. Yeah. Chris Jericho doesn't want to get involved in heavy duty politics. He's lived that life. And I can tell you from being in that political world of pro wrestling, this is a lot more fun, it's a lot more fun in AEW. Let's ask one more. Cause you said something there about Wardlow. Yep. Who does he remind you of? Like when you look at, cause you've seen everybody, you look at him and like, cause it seems like you're very wild by him as am I. Yeah. The guys there that really gets me excited to watch each week. Especially when they did that sit down with you, he just talked and I'm like, yeah, it was like, I thought that was really good to see, yeah. but who does he remind you of at all? It's hard to say a little combination of, of a few guys physique wise. He, he reminds me of Lex Luger physique wise. Um, I think he's going to be, end up being a much better worker. That's not knocking Lex just the way it is in my eyes. Uh, he's a little like, he's a, a, a little Dave Batista ish that he's still evolving. And, you know, Batista got getting better and better as he got older. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he was never going to be confused with Kurt angle or Dory Funk jr. Or somebody because of his working ability. Uh, but this kid's got it. He has the it factor, Steven, and we can't manufacture the it factor. No. We can't anoint them with the it factor you either have it or you don't have it. This kid's got it and a uh, big frame that the promoters covet, you know, Bill Watts also told me a lot of things in my career, but you know, wrestling fans love an athletic big man Absolutely. and he's an athletic big man. He's the kind of guy that if you're talking about a football team, he could play on the interior. If you wanted him to, he could also rush the passer from the edge. He could move. So I, I love that about him. I think he's going to be, he may be the breakout star that we have in our company. It may happen this year. That wouldn't shock me, but I think sometime in, in, uh, in the next year in 2022, he's going to be the guy keeps improving, stays healthy, you know, doesn't get sidetracked with relationships or injuries or silly mistakes. And I don't foresee that ever happening with this kid. He's very grounded, very smart, and he, you can communicate with him. And here's what I love about him. Uh, they say that I'm intimidating to some of these kids. Uh, Wait, what? I, yeah, because I, well, I'm, Wait, huh? I, I cut to the chase a lot, Steven. I, uh, you know, I don't tell you how to make the watch. I you know, just tell you what time it is. And, uh, the one thing I'll say about Wardlow, we've had a lot of heart to hearts generally in a positive way, much more often than not, but he'll look you right in the eye. And that's an old timey thing. He'll look your ass right in the eye. When you're talking to him, tells me he's paying attention. And, uh, for that, I respect and I, I, I appreciate. So, uh, but that's the great thing about our company right now. Tony constant, a really terrific job of selecting talents mm -hmm. and they're all in different shapes, sizes, forms, skin tone, skin color. No matter. No, I love it. I love our diversity on our roster as well. So, uh, I, I, I found a great home here. I, and I told him when I, he hired me, I said, this would be my last job in wrestling. Just so you'll know, I don't know if that means anything to you or not, but it means something to me. I'm not going to go out half-assing it. I'm not going to go out and embarrassing myself every Wednesday night. And, and, uh, so I'm very blessed. I got this job and I just want to get better at what I'm doing. I want to help Tony. I want to help Excalibur. Excalibur is a big project there because he's the youngest guy. He came from a little indie group, at PWG. Mm -hmm. uh, they had success, but they're just small. Yeah. And they were more regional or they were really stream, stream friendly. Yes. That thing, you know? So uh, I want to help him get better. So playing it forward to me is, a, is very important. Very important. And it's given me time to the schedule is, I said we take, we, we were performing four days a month. You know, that's going to give me the opportunity like this weekend, for example, uh, flying back to Oklahoma in, uh, on Friday morning, early for Jacksonville. And I'm going to go to my, uh, oldest granddaughter's high school graduation. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. She's, uh, one of the lights of my life, obviously. And, uh, she just uh, had a, she was in the big uh, state track tournament this weekend, this week in a relay. And, uh, one of her teammates dropped the baton. Oh no. 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they got, oh, no. they, they had to do the old DQ finish. Oh. Here's what I admired about it. She picked, yeah, she picked up the, the baton and encouraged her teammates to finish the race with her. And oh, they that's did. fantastic. They, they were disqualified. Yeah. But they finished the race. And I told her mother, I said, you know, athletes finish winners in life finish. Absolutely. And so that's what grandpa wants to do. He wants to finish and so it's going to be good. It's going to be a happy ending no matter what, but I'm going to, by having this schedule, I'm able to go to events like that. It may seem benign. Oh, not a all. lot of folks, not at all. but when you get to be my age and you got grandchildren and you know, you've been an absentee father for a lot of your, their mom's life, uh, it's tough. It's challenging. So, uh, I'm, I'm living a blessed life, Stephen. I really am. I'm very happy. Is she going to be a sooner? Yeah. If I got anything to say about it, she's going to be a sooner. <laughs> Not a cowboy. She's got she to be a sooner. No, she ain't going to be a cowboy. That's for damn sure. I can't write checks to Oklahoma State University. Uh, <laughs> well, this I, grandpa Jim is paying for it. She's going to be a sooner. Well, she wants to be a registered nurse. And Oklahoma's got oh, a great wow. nursing school. And I told her before, so, you know, if you're a nurse here in the medical profession, you should never really want to work, uh, want for work. No. no. And so and we, we've seen that, right? With all this virus. stuff. Mm, absolutely. My wife's, uh, she's a registered nurse Beautiful. at the University of Chicago out here. So that's, she's been a nurse for 18 years. Tell her it's a good field to get into, Jim. I will. I will appreciate that feedback. So. My life is coming together. Well, you know, I'm, I'm planning on writing a third book with Paul O'Brien. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Working on that, the concept of it, you know, the way I write the, I'd like to write it is let's, let's get a starting point that we, we both like, and let's, let's work out the finish. Yeah. And then we work backwards and what are we going to talk about? You know, I, cause I, we don't know that yet. We don't, I don't okay. have the, the outline. So I, it's going to probably take a trip for either me to go to Ireland or him to come to the States, which I prefer. <laughs> well, you know, and oh, uh, yeah, I don't blame you. he's a, he's a real close with Becky Lynch and she's out in LA and, uh, they're, they're Irish, Irishmen, Irish persons. Irishmen, and, uh, they stick together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, they do. It's admirable. So we're probably going to have to get together and brainstorm a little bit at some point in time, but I'd like to get another, I think we've got another book in us, uh, and under the black hat is doing phenomenal. You know, we got. I got this little website, jrsbbq.com, and we sell the barbecue, all the condiments, you know, yeah. my mother's original barbecue sauce, which is amazing. And another brand, another flavor of barbecue sauce, hot chipotle ketchup, uh, jalapeno, honey, mustard, uh, this great condiments, beef jerky seasoning and the books. I just threw a thing on Twitter today about, I, I, we just developed a new, uh, I'm a kind of a Moscow mule guy. Okay. You know, so I, those little 10 cups, I don't, you talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So I got, uh, we're going to start selling some of those little collector's edition cups. This is fun things. I like building businesses. I like building the ad free network on my part of, it. I like building jrsbbq.com. I like helping build, uh, the AEW wrestling brand. I feel it's a feeling of accomplishment. And if there's something about being older, that all these are, all these wins are not little wins anymore. They're big wins because you don't know when the next is going to come along. So I I'm blessed every day because I know that our tomorrows aren't guaranteed. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure that every day that I'm alive and well and above ground, I'm doing something positive and I feel good about going to bed that night. I feel even better about getting up. Well, I'm with that. I had one more, but we'll end with that, Jim, Jim, we haven't talked in about a year and a half. The last time we talked was. You were getting ready to do the StarCast. I think it was in Vegas to promote. You were going to do the panel for the anniversary of Flair and Steamboat in 2019. Yeah. yeah. That was the last time we chatted. This has been fantastic, Jim. Make sure studio sessions with Jim Ross. You can find it now on adfreedshows.com. And my one of my favorite podcasts, listen to it every Thursday, Grilling JR with JR and Conrad Thompson. And you can catch Jim Ross every Wednesday night, live on TNT, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific, AEW Dynamite. JR is with the great Tony Schiavone and the great Excalibur. Any more titles, Jim? No, that's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> that's plenty. And I appreciate your time, Steve, as always. You're always engaging and prepared, and you're a great interviewer.
I appreciate it. Coming from you, Jim, coming from someone from your stature, that always means a lot, Jim. Jim, thank you so much. Can't wait to see you tomorrow night on Dynamite, and hopefully, Jim, we can do this again sometime soon. Anytime you want to, pal. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it, bud. Okay. Bye-bye, Steve. Bye-bye. Wow, that was fun. A big thank you to good old JR. Jim Ross, you can catch JR behind the desk with Tony Schiavone and Excalibur for AEW Dynamite. Big thank you to my boy Derek for setting up that interview. Always good to talk to Jim. We went a while. I talked to Jim and we were like, we were like 20, 25 minutes would be, would be good because I know Jim's got a busy schedule, but Jim kept going. We were having a ton of fun and you know, it went into 45 minutes, about 45 minutes. It was a ton of fun. It was always, it's always a pleasure and an honor to get any time with someone, the caliber of Jim Ross. So great to talk to Jim. It's greatly appreciated. And it's simple, guys. I'm going to put that one there. I'm going to do something special for you guys for that one because that was, that was a lot of fun. And I want everyone to hear that. So we're, I'm going to figure something out here. And it's already going to be available in podcast form. But I'm going to try to figure out something. But anyways. But no, that was this is the thing he said about Wardlow. It's like a Dave like a Dave Batista. And I can see that. But I think he could be a better worker than Dave. And he's starting out a lot earlier in the game than Dave Batista. So not a bad comparison. And... For all intents and purposes, Batista could be was the guy for a couple of years there. So always good to talk to Jim. He's got a lot going on, and I thought it was interesting when he talked about his contract. The contract is coming up at the end of the year, and I thought it was in actually no, I think it comes up in I think April of next year. So he's got like another year to go on his deal. And I just thought it was interesting of how now he wants to go year by year after that going forward. And I think he's earned that. I think he's deserved it. I think the way he's helped Excalibur, I think he's grown ex- exponentially. He's grown so much. And I think, you know, him and the, that good rapport he's always had with Tony. So I think it's the chemistry between them. It took a little bit, but it's, they're in sync now. They're in a fantastic rhythm. So it's good. It's always a pleasure to listen to a good three-man booth who you know isn't trying to sell you a bill of goods and giving you a load of crap that we hear every Monday night on Monday Night Raw. And I hate saying that because I like a lot of the talent. And I am I think very highly of Adnan Verk. I think he gets a bad rap as well. And it's, he kind he really got thrown into the wolves. So give Adnan Verk a little time. I think he, I have a good feeling he's going to get there. But no, always good to talk to Jim. And thank you to everyone for listening so much. It really doesn't mean a lot. It's greatly appreciated. We've got a loaded lineup this week. Tomorrow, kind of change it up a little bit. Tomorrow we're gonna go. We're gonna go Kofi Kingston, the former WWE champion. We talked to Kofi about everything. <laughs> we talked football. We talk. Not only do we talk football, we talk Tom Brady, talk the Patriots, talk the Bucks, we talk Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears. I thought that was the football conversation was to me was more fun than really everything else we talk about. Then just going through the pain of how we lost the title in eight seconds to Brock Lesnar on WWE's uh, SmackDown debut on Fox. The backlash that resulted from that. Seeming like now he's back in the title picture. And how he feels about that. Getting another run. To be in the upper tier. And what it and Having live events. As WWE will be having live events starting July the 16th. With an addition of SmackDown. And I think a very intriguing thing. In terms of. How he feels. If him and Lashley do lockups, it seems like that's somewhere that's a destination. Sometime they're going to be meeting for the belt. What it would mean to be the first all African-American WWE title match. It's never been done. Think about it. 
And we shouldn't have to think about that in 2021. Let's just, I'll be frank about it. It's something we shouldn't really have to think about. But unfortunately, we do. And that sucks. Because it should already be the norm. I feel like. And for some ungodknown reason, it's not. And that sucks. That's crap. But this isn't a a racial... political podcast. I just think it's bullshit. I'll say it. It's bullshit. And hopefully we, because I think that match will be a ton of fun. So we talked to Kofi. Kingston, Wednesday, the one and only, the former UFC light heavyweight champion, one of the GOATs, the great Chuck Liddell. I did this interview a while back, and we talked about a ton. Talked about a ton. We talked about his new podcast, helping out Randy Couture, John Jones, how he views John Jones' spat with Dana White. I thought that was intriguing. And we also get into the bigger rival to him. The better rival in and out of the octagon. Randy Couture. Or Tito Ortiz. I thought the answer to that was quite interesting. So, and a little bit more. We talk some movies. Very, a very interesting genre that Chuck Liddell watches with his wife. So I thought that that was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We talked a little movies. Thursday, seventy-minute interview with the the man who created the NWO. Good friend of mine. Back to the podcast. Easy E, Eric Bischoff. Talk about his time at WrestleMania. This interview I've kind of held back because I just wanted to. It's been so hectic. I, I finally got to air it. So we talked to Eric about the Hall of Fame. We talked to Eric about um, the podcast. The finger poke doom. <laughs> that was interesting because I actually. I got the premise. It felt flat, but I partially understood. I was understanding the premise of why he did it, and I thought it was good business. You could have turned it into good business, and it turned into monkey shit. But we talked to Eric about that and a whole lot more. We had all, we kind of went all over the place. We talked some AEW, and I thought an awesome comparison he made. MJF to Roddy Piper. The answer he gave about the comparison in terms of their promo skills was shocking. To me, it was shocking anyway. But, and then on Friday, they released a fun one. Luke and Butch of the Bushwhackers talked New Zealand, why they're getting back together. A reunion tour for the Bushwhackers. Favorite moment in WWE, favorite times in WWE? Why the heck were they with Jameson? Because that sucked. And an interesting story about Bret Hart. And I thought that the answer about Bret was pretty cool. And why they preferred to be heels compared to being bait when they were heels in the NWA compared to being baby faces in the WWE. So I thought the answer to that was quite. This, that was a very fun, like, tw- a little more than 20-minute interview. So, that was a ton of fun. Got a, some more cool, some stuff in the pipeline I'm trying to nail down. So, hopefully I'll have some news on there for you guys later on this week. But thank you, everyone, so much. It does mean a lot. Don't forget, you can find the Walkway to Fight Club. There is a Facebook page. Just type in Walkway to Fight Club on Facebook, on Twitter, at Walkway Fight. Instagram, Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. Also, YouTube page, just type in Walkway to Fight Club. Everything's there. From Tony Khan, Raquel Gonzalez, to Dana White, to Chael Sonnen, to Bill Goldberg, John Moxley, you name it. Carrying Across, you name it. It's there. It's, it's easy. Give thumbs up to the videos. And also, just hit that subscribe button. It really does mean a lot. It's really appreciated. It's simple. Just go boom, and you are subscribed. You'll get every time we go live. Or there's a new upload of a video interview. You guys can get it. It's right there if you prefer watching it on YouTube. Or if you do it the old-fashioned way, you like listen to the audio, whether you're driving to work, sitting in your home office, 
cutting the grass, which I like. That's how I listen to a lot of my podcasts is cutting the grass or while I'm working. So definitely do that. It means a lot. It's greatly appreciated. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. So wherever you listen, it is there. Thank you so much. It means a lot. It's greatly appreciated. And thank you to our guest today, the good old, the one and only good old JR, the lead voice of AEW, Grilling, the host of J- Grilling JR Podcast with Conrad Thompson, good old JR, Jim Ross. So thank you to Jim so much. It means a lot. You can find me on Twitter at SMuehlhausenJR. That's S-M-U-E-H-L-H-A-U-S-E-N. This is Stephen Mielhausen, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace. I'm out of here. Thank <laughs> you.